Hello and welcome to The Story, a podcast where great stories are shared. Do you have a love for writing or listening to stories? Do you aspire to be a best-selling author? Or have you put your heart and soul into creating a story that you really wanted to have published only to have it rejected? Well, I completely understand you. I have self-published my own novel and want to share it with you all. I believe that good stories need to be shared and that every writer who has created a good story should be allowed the opportunity to share it with the world. Hence this podcast. If you want to listen to a good story or if you want your story shared, you have come to the right place. You're with Julie, a self-published author of Rise of the Assault, The Beginning, which you can check out on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and I will be your host. Hello all, how are you today? We are on our last episode of Rise of a Saw the Beginning. Oh my, it's a little sad, but it's also a little exciting as well, because not only do we have the bonus episode coming next week, but we all but we will be starting my second book, Rise of a Saw Survival. And as always, I want to let you know how grateful that I am that you take time to listen to this podcast. I truly am blessed and thankful. So this last week, I've been doing some writing workshops. And for those of you out there that love to write or are considering writing, I highly recommend doing them. It's a great way to hone and refine your craft. I also have signed up to BookBub, another tool that can help promote your book. Okay, let's do a quick recap of last week's episode, Sacrificium. Merrick and Flamer are summoned back and eventually catch up to Eichen Books Group. They discover that the scout was not exaggerating when they find their treasured forest has been burnt along with the village they once called home. They discover that Eigenbrook's group was intent on trying to slow down the Assault and catching up to the rest of their village who were running for their lives towards Dorhill Pass. Merrick and Flamer watch in horror as Eigenbrook is tortured and killed mercilessly by the Assault. Flamer is left reeling when Merrick does nothing to intervene and there is an altercation between the brothers. Merrick is left with a taste for revenge after he witnesses his father's death. They now must catch up to the rest of the family before the assault. Now before we start episode 15 titled Merrick, I want to point out that I've ended the book on a cliffhanger. So you will have to read the next book to find out what happens. It's a bit of a teaser. I'm happy for your thoughts regarding what happens in the next book, so please email, DM me, or come and join us in the Facebook group, The Story, and let me know. As always, I love hearing from you guys. Now, without further ado, let's listen to the last episode of Rise of a Sword, The Beginning. Enjoy. ancient seer waited until Merrick had left before ushering them back inside. He asked Ludwig to serve tea and some of the food he had baked the previous night. Ulrich watched the old man settle himself on a cushion, folding his long legs beneath him. You have many questions, son of Merrick, and I will answer them as best as I can. 
I still do not have all the answers myself. The gods are not always clear. It still surprised Ulrich how intuitive the seer was, and sometimes it proved to be a little unsettling. I... Ulrich shook his head before he closed his mouth, shutting off any further conversation. In honesty, he wasn't sure what to say. His whole world had been turned upside down. He never wanted to be a warrior, like his father, and he felt it unfair that he'd been forced into this. You seek clarity in a world that lacks such, and a path has been chosen for you in which you would never have chosen yourself. The seer was watching Ulrich intently reading his thoughts and body language. Ulrich met his gaze and nodded slowly, slowly. Ulrich, the gods have chosen you, not because you are a great warrior, but because you have a unique and particular set of skills that are needed. Kriya, the seer pointed to the woman, women who were helping Ludwig serve the food into bowls, is a true warrior, yet she is female. We do not always get to choose what our family may want for us. It is, Ulrich, in the hands of the gods, and that fate has been decided the moment you are created. Ulrich sighed. Thank you, though I'm still not sure what my skills are that could have such an impact. You will find out in time. Patience will become one of your greatest assets. Practice it often. Ulrich knew he would have to wait. The seer was right but it still frustrated him how the seer was never straightforward in his answers. He looked over at Kriya, who was pouring the tea. Her hair was cut short, and her body was hard and toned. She always had a dagger strapped around her waist, and another in the side of her boot. Romulus, the black wolf that she had taken in, was constantly by her side, and together they looked a formid formidable pair. If that was not enough... Ulrich had seen her sparring with the other young men, and she was a fine fighter. He knew his father spoke of her with awe. He grimaced as he thought about how much better she would be than, an, than he in a battle, but the seer's words ran through his mind, and he pushed the thought away. After the women, Catcher and Ludwig, had settled around the seer, each perched on a cushion, they waited to hear what he would tell them. A sense of trepidation hung in the air, and a quiet hush fell on the group as they turned their attention on the man that offered the only chance of hope. I have some sad news to share, he began. The majestic forest will burn, and continue to burn until we are able to put a stop to this evil act. We now not only have our families to protect, but that of our greatest treasure. We must remain together as it will. they will test you like you have never been tested before. The gods have chosen you as you all bring a specific set of skills that will work in unison. At first light, Catcher, Kriya and Ulrich will leave and track our biggest enemy. You will need to be discreet and not engage unless absolutely necessary as this will alert them to our mission. Your goal is to gather as much knowledge as you can. Anja, Ada and I will guide you through our minds, but I warn you, be prepared. The gods have confirmed that the enemy we share can also mind travel, though it is not as advanced or precise as what we can do. 
It will take you three days to get to the pass from here. I've already seen the destruction ahead, so it is crucial you watch and listen and get to know everything about them that you can. You must make it to the pass to warn the survivors of where and how to cross. A murmur went through the small group. The seer paused. He knew they were waiting to ask their questions and he was ready for them. Once you have shown them how to cross, you will return to me. We will have much work to do. I know you want to know what is the destruction I am meaning. And please, I do not want you to forget the mission that you were going to embark on after I have told you. The seer paused, taking a breath before continuing. The villages have burned along with the forest. The ones that choose to stay behind have perished. Some of the people you know and love are not with us anymore. They now walk with the gods. This may be classed as revenge, and I wish it was just that, but it is so much more. We are fighting for our freedom, our loved ones, and our future. You must be successful in what you are about to do. Merrick and Flamer will be reaching the pass at about the time you do. Merrick is key. You must follow him. The seer picked up his tea and took a long sip. He felt exhausted. His body lacked sleep. The last week had been draining and it was difficult to decipher the gods' messages. They could be confusing and it was imperative to understand what exactly it was they were trying to tell him. He could not bear to tell them about Brooks' pending death. They were already on edge. He knew Andrew and Ada were aware. They shared his dreams, though at times they were blurred to them. It was down to the discretion of the gods. Andrew had surprised him with her resilience. He knew she could not let herself focus on it. Instead, she had turned her attention on training her granddaughter on refining home, her mind travel. He knew she would unravel quickly if she allowed herself to reflect on the death of her soulmate. The gods favoured Eigenbrook, and the seer knew he would have a place beside them. The seer often wondered how long they would keep him on earth, for it already seemed too long, and he had lost count of the years he had lived for. He was unable to predict or see his own death, and his future was always answered in the present moment, something that always amused him. He could see into another individual's future, but was at a loss to look into his own. If there are questions, please ask. We have only today. It will be a while before we come together. We must eat and rest and practice meditation and prayers. The gods are expecting us to, su to succeed, and I have assured them we will. The group sat silent, taking in what they had been told. I suggest we eat. Ludwig has done an awesome job of these fruit buns. Kriya broke the silence and the others murmured their agreement. They needed to get as close to the Asaur as possible. There had to be a way to bring them down and end the misery that had started. The gods had guided the seer with dreams and whispers and he was determined to make it work. The trio had set off the day after Merrick had left their faces. Had left. Their faces grim, the task before them was mammoth in what it entailed, and they were still unsure whether it could be done. 
They set out at a fast pace. Their horses were young and fit, but there was only so far they could travel in a day. Towards the afternoon, they could see and smell the blackened shell of the forest that had once been. The seer had warned them, but it still did little to prepare them for the sight of it. A mixture of ash and charcoal stumps, a black smudge that was smeared across the land. They reined in their mounts, taking in the heartbreaking sight. Crea tutted, and Leth felt an intense fury at what had been done. She vowed silently she would seek vengeance on those that had caused such a tragic loss. They continued, hoping to cross their village before the sun began to dip behind the horizon. It lay to the east of the forest in a lush valley that had proved fertile for growing crops and supporting the small population of humans that called it their home. The fire had spread along the entire flank of forest that grew in the outskirts of Eigenbrook's village, hungrily devouring everything in its path. The small group scanned for signs of life as they approached the remains of the homes that once stood. Crea looked along the blackened forest line. It continued as far as the eye could see, but something seemed odd. She wasn't quite sure what it was. Something wrong, Crea? Ulrich pulled his horse alongside hers, noticing her puzzled expression. She bit her lip, frowning before replying. I'm not sure, Ulrich, but... Her voice trailed off. I think I can see something, Katja said as he trotted over to where the pair stood. He pointed towards the far end of the village. Rows of wooden poles were placed in a line, and as they squinted in the afternoon sun, the shape of hanging human figures could be seen. Kriya gave a sharp intake of breath. We can't go down there. There are no survivors, she suddenly blurted, turning her horse around. What do you mean? Ulrich demanded. Bria looked over her shoulder, her face set. The seer spoke to me. We have to move. They are getting closer to the pass. Our task is to locate them and gather, gather information. We don't have the time or resources to rescue people. Ulrich watched her leave, astonished at her sudden change of mind. She's right, Ulrich. Our mission is to find them and learn from them, Katja said. His, gra- his grasp of Ulrich's dialogue dialect had increased immensely to which he could almost speak fluently. Ulrich had been surprised how quick Catcher had learnt it. In fact, he learnt nearly everything quickly, something Ulrich admired. He cast one more look at the place that was and had been home for a brief moment of time. A sense of sadness swept over him and he found it hard to shake. Talat used the forest for cover as he guided his group who tried their best to walk quietly. However, it was an almost impossible task to move 600 people without making a sound, was Mammoth. Babies cried, children wailed, and people grumbled. Talat was quickly running out of patience and soon realised the reason why he never wanted to be a leader. Eleanor noticed his frustrations as he broke up another argument that was starting to escalate between two young men. How much farther, Talit? Talit turned to see Eleanor approach and felt a wave of relief as he saw that it was her. I wanted to reach the pass the day after tomorrow, he replied. 
You were doing a marvellous job, Talon. I wish I had your strength. It is such a huge job to move all these people and help keep them calm when the devil is at your back, she said quietly. Talit looked at the group of people that walked past them. His people, the people he'd been assigned to take care of and, and protect, to ensure they made it to the pass. The enormity of it weighed heavily upon him. He looked at Eleanor, grateful for her kindness. We still have a long way to go, so don't thank me yet, his tone was grim as he turned his attention to yet another squabble between a couple. Talent, I am happy to assist any way I can, so please let me know when and what you need me to do, and I will also take care of this. She turned her horse and set off to speak to the couple, whose voices were becoming louder. Merrick and Flamer raced through the forest. The trees murmured and whispered. A feeling of fear and anger coursed through the foliage. A forest that had had its own mind and in which a part, an extension of it, had been burned to the ground. It watched the two humans as they escaped from the evil that was wrecking havoc in the world and the plant kingdom plotted its revenge. Merrick reined in his mount. His stallion was starting to tire at Tyre as he scanned the tree line. Flamer pulled alongside him, wondering what his brother had seen. What is it? he asked. Merrick put a finger to his lips, silencing him. As they peered through the dense undergrowth, a shadow appeared, blocking the sunlight that dazzled the forest floor. Merrick squinted. The figure sat astride a huge beast that resembled a horse. Its rider looked as if it was trying to sniff the air. Merrick held his breath, not sure whether it could smell them, but as he continued to watch, he noticed that it appeared to be tracking something or someone. Slowly it dawned that it was after the very same thing that Merrick and Flamer were after, their families and tribespeople. The rider kicked its beast, trotting away from Merrick and Flamer. We have to kill that thing, it is part of the force that killed our father. Merrick said, his vengeance barely under control. I don't think there is any more. It is trailing them alone. He moved forward, Flamer following. It was not long before they had caught up to their prey. Merrick knew that they had the upper hand. It did not expect anything to be following it, least too from the kind it was stalking. The brothers broke away, flanking the beast carefully, keeping out of sight as they followed their enemy. Merrick waited patiently, keeping abreast. It was critical to wait for the right moment to pounce. He could barely keep his anger at bay, and it fueled him as he kicked his stallion, making him surge forward, racing across the short distance towards the animal that carried evil upon its back. The creature turned, surprised to see Merrick almost upon him. Merrick lifted and swung his sword, decapitating the thing as it let out a brief scream. It fell, crashing to the ground, the body still twitching. The beast that carried it reared, letting out a piercing scream, determined to crush Merrick's stallion. Flamer burst from where he had lay in wait for the opportunity to bring down the animal. His sword slashed across its chest, slicing open the flesh and exposing the muscle within. It let out a loud shriek before falling to its knees and crashing to the forest floor. 
Immediately, the trees began a fervent whisper and a sense of excitement, as if they celebrated the brutal slaying of a shared enemy. Merrick looked around. The trees were happy. He could feel it, and he sent a silent prayer to the gods. Good work, brother, he said. Flamer nodded as he looked at the animal laying at his feet. Merrick would have usually stopped to analyse the evil that threatened their very existence, but time was of the essence, and he had to hurry. They were getting closer, and the need to find them was upon them more than ever. We have to hurry. They will know one of their owners missing or dead. The gods only know how much their minds work. The seers said they have the same psychic powers as us, if only in limited amounts. Merrick did not wait for Flamer's response. Instead, he pushed forward. He had to find his family. Eleanor walked alongside her mare. She was tired, almost exhausted. They had barely stopped, Talit urging his group to keep going. The children had given up their whining, with only the babies letting out a persistent wail now and again, their parents giving in to the minimal of demands. There were bigger things to fear and face. Eleanor prayed her husband would come soon. She was scared. Actually, she was terrified. The dream of living in her new house in a village of beautiful people was now a distant memory. She felt a sudden sorrow sweep over her. She had lost her parents. Her children were not with her, and she had no idea where her husband was. She cast her eye over the group she was helping, Talent manage. Their faces were set in a grim expression. A sense of doom hung over them. No one quarrelled anymore. They'd even given that up. Nausea swept over her and she covered her mouth, feeling her stomach flip flop, but nothing came up. Her head swam. She frowned as she thought about what could be making her feel so ill. It had become more pronounced as time marched on. She shook her head, hoping to shake at the thought that had hid, but now surfaced, burying itself and begging for her to acknowledge it. No, I can't be. She quickly sent a silent prayer to the gods, hoping they would would respond with the answer she was hoping. Suddenly, a shout came from the rear of the group. Talit swung his horse, racing to where it had come from. Eleanor held her breath, poised to run for cover as she strained to see and hear what had caused the alarm. She heard several shouts and then laughter. She felt relief wash over her. Surely the devil would not bring laughter, not from their side anyway. Talent reigned in his gelding as he watched in surprise as Merrick and Flamer walked from the shadows of the trees. A smile lit up their faces as they realised they had finally reached the group they'd been trailing for so long. Talit jumped from his horse. He was overjoyed at seeing the former leader of the Protectors. Merrick, he exclaimed. Merrick also jumped from his stallion to welcome his friend. They embraced, relieved at finally coming together. Merrick, you're one for sore eyes, I tell you, Talit said. Merrick chuckled. He too was happy to see his former comrade. And even though it had only been days since they had parted ways, it seemed an an eternity. Talit... You have done well in keeping the flock together, but do tell me, where are the rest of them? Talit looked at Merrick before running an eye over the group he'd been given to look out for. 
Ige and Brooke told each of us to take a group. There are three of them. We are going in different direction, directions to confuse the enemy that is chasing us. We are to meet at the pass and to cross. Tell it pause before continuing. I think it was to enable at least some of us to survive. As the assault will follow us to the pass, they want to destroy us. He looked at Merrick as if to verify what he had just said. Merrick nodded. He knew they did not know that his father had been killed. To tell them would put an end to any hope they had of surviving the ordeal they now faced. Instead, he forced a smile. We have to keep moving, Talit. Let us get these people to the pass. Merrick mounted his stallion before moving forward, hoping to find his wife among the faces. Eleanor scanned the back of the crowd and gave a sharp intake of breath. She was sure she saw her husband's stallion, the only pure white horse that had ever been in the village. It was a huge athletic animal. Not only did its colour turn heads, but the size of it, standing higher than other horses. The stallion was fast and strong. Merrick had a connective bond to his beloved horse. It had helped him in battle, enabled him to flee from his enemies, and carried him to safety. The stallion came into view. It is him, praise the gods! Eleanor quickly mounted her mare, kicking her into a trot, and she hastily made her way to Merrick. Merrick saw his wife trotting towards him. A smile lit his face as he jumped from his stallion. He watched his wife do the same. Eleanor ran to him, throwing herself into her husband's arms. Sobs overcame her as she collapsed, feeling his strength as it enveloped her. Merrick, I am... Eleanor felt her husband's mouth upon hers, crushing the words from her lips. Life paused for just a moment as the couple embraced, drawing strength from one another. They had come together, united as one. They would battle and continue to battle an an enemy that had set a goal to destroy not only the people that were the closest, but the very fabric of human existence. So I hope you enjoyed listening to the chapter of my book. Thank you all for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really appreciate it. Let me know what you thought of today's podcast and how it can be improved. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram, Jules underscore rights. That's J-U-L-S underscore rights. And DM me or email me at the story podcast. That's all one word at outlook.com. I'd love to hear from you especially if you have a great story to share. I hope you have a fantastic week and see you all next week for another chapter from Rise of a Saw the Beginning. Don't forget to grab yourself a copy from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Bye for now and see you next time on The Story, the podcast where great stories are shared.